Jurina. All right, so we want to welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Flawcast. As always, I'm here with my seasoned but not aged partner in crime, Jason. Well, thank you, Will Willie Will. I'm uh, happy to be here today. We've got some big news. Yes, that's true, we do. This is our... Go ahead, Bill, tell them. This is our 20th episode. 20th episode! Come on, man, 20th episode. Give it up. Give it up. Thank, Thank you. Yes. Thank round, you. Of, round of Thank applause. You. Hold, yes. hold your applause till the end. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, number 20. And to celebrate this monumous occasion, uh, we want to let you listen to this episode. So Yeah, and uh, it's, listen, it's going to cost you nothing. nothing. Free of charge. Yeah, because we're good that way. Yeah, absolutely. We are independently wealthy, multi-trillionaires here in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, we've got nothing better to do but just sit around and, and talk on our microphones at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. I mean, drink coffee, drink coffee, Sam Adams, whatever, yeah. hang shoot out, guns. Hang out with Shandy. Hang out with Shandy in our beautiful confines of our studio here in, uh, like I said, beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. East side, baby. But, uh, East side, strong side. That's right. <laughs> but we want to uh, just thank everyone for all the love and support. We do actually have legitimately interest, uh, exciting news. We just reached our thousand, over, we're now over a thousand followers on Parlor. So uh, we love that site. We're just really pretty know, happy about pretty that. Pretty happy about that. Pretty we're really happy stoked. So if you're listening to us from Parlor, we want to thank you. We're yeah, I mean, this is when I think of Parlor, I'm like, I just love that. That's what site. That's right. Uh, so thank you guys who found us on Parlor. Thank you if you found us on Facebook, or if you found us on Instagram, uh, Gab, Twitter, most likely you did not find, find us on Twitter. But if you did, <laughs> nonetheless, thank you. <laughs> if you uh, did, it might not be us. <laughs> if it did, it might have been accidentally. So, but, uh, you know, you can find us at Flawed Inc., Flawedcast, Flawed Inc. CLE, Flawedcast CLE. We are everywhere you listen to podcasts. How do you get a hold of us, Bill? You, well, you can get a hold of us now on our website at flawedinc.com. You go to the contact section. We have a, just a message. Put in your contact info and send us a message. comes right to us. But you can, and and if instead, you just want to open your phone right now to your mail and say, no, I just want to send an email, you would send that to info at flawedinc.com booyah we're there we're live direct so we also make sure you listen to us subscribe to us follow us we're on Apple iTunes we're on YouTube Spotify Google Play anywhere and everywhere that we listen to podcasts so awesome man let's get into this one I'm excited man yeah let's get into this so this is um, we're like a week behind well they don't know oh sorry I wasn't supposed to say that that's okay we'll edit that out uh, I'll edit. I'll edit that out yeah you I won't do shit that's okay but nonetheless so I'm just a talent brother you're just you're the face, man. <laughs> I'm the face of this radio show. You're the <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Well, someone's got someone's got to be. Well, that's because uh, I got a face for radio, buddy. That's right. <laughs> nice. But don't ching, ding, ding. Oh shoot! That, uh, you're, yes, that. Mr. Which, which one is that? I don't know. I don't know. There is one. I know there is one. Hmm. That's not it. No, that's the. That's that's definitely not it. No. At that point, this point, that might be it. I don't know that there is one. I thought there was. That might have been the closest thing. So nonetheless, we're excited to share this. And this is kind of another, this is a practical one. This is a bit of a historical one, but it's also another spiritual one. And we 
really been thinking about, you know, there's a lot going on politically, so it's hard for me right now to digest everything. I'm not happy, and we are not not going to address political things. However, the Democrats are doing a good enough job of destroying themselves right now that we feel that we have some time to throw in some other episodes. Sure. Well, I think realistically speaking, no matter what happens, hopefully things will happen in a more congenial way. But if the fit does hit the shan, whatever that means to you, zombie apocalypse, your candidate does or does not get into office, whatever the case may be. We think it's best that you prepare mentally, physically, and spiritually. A couple of the things that we're discussing last couple episodes were the one inspired by St. Sloan, the Rainbows and Sunshine, then the one uh, after our last episode, you know, talk about Heart of a Warrior. And so this one we're going to talk about and the idea that knowledge comes but wisdom lingers. So we really want to talk about the idea of wisdom and common sense, perhaps, or maybe uncommon sense. I used to really take for granted when I was a kid, like if I had a dollar for every time my mom would say, where the hell is your common sense? You know, <laughs> literally would be, uh, uh, you know, independently wealthy. <laughs> right. Right. You know, but, the, you know, it's the older I get, the more I realize is that the virtue or the idea of common sense is not as common as I was brought up to believe it was. So, no, it's absolutely true. And, it, and not only that, but when you're younger, the reality is you think you know everything. The younger you are, the more you know. The older you get, right. the, the more you realize you don't know shit. That's part of wisdom, right? right? Is you realize that you don't know anything. Well, youth is wasted on the young, as they say. Right. You know, but uh, so we wanted to really talk about the idea of wisdom. We want to talk about, hopefully, if things do go sideways or if they don't. This is going to be information that you're able to digest and you're able to apply to your life, more importantly, and that maybe will hopefully make some sense to you. So let's just go ahead and, and get right into it. For me, whenever I think of the idea of wisdom, and once again, just to shamelessly plug my book, uh, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual, that will be coming out soon, there is an entire chapter about wisdom, the idea of what wisdom is, how to obtain wisdom, you know, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But for me, the beginning of wisdom, the, the building block, the foundation, the bedrock. Well, before you go there, I think think you're going to miss a really important piece. I just brought it up. And you mind if I just read this real quick? No. So two of the wisest people I've ever met were Norm and Cliff from Cheers. This is one of the wisest things I've ever heard. And I just think it's important for everyone to hear this because I think it'll help everyone gain more common sense, gain more knowledge, be smarter. Okay. Okay. And it's called the Buffalo Theory. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read it. And again, this is Cliff Clavin talking to Norm. Well, you see, Norm, it's like this. A herd of buffalo can only move as fast as the slowest buffalo. And when the herd is hunted, it is the slowest and weakest ones at the back that are killed first. This natural selection is good for the herd as a whole, because the general speed and health of the whole group keeps improving by the regular killing of the weakest members. In much the same way, the human brain can only operate as fast as the slowest brain cells. Excessive intake of alcohol, as we know, kills brain cells. But naturally, it attacks the slowest and weakest brain cells first. In this way, regular consumption of beer eliminates the weaker brain cells, making the brain a faster and more efficient machine. That's why you always feel smarter after a few beers. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that is... I just I thought that since we're doing this episode on wisdom, that I would share that. I think it's one of the smartest things Cliff ever said. And it took him years to understand that and know that. I mean, that's... He's, I don't think he's wrong. I'm not uncertain that he's right. Am I norm? Or are you norm? Oh, we both like beer. It's cool. Okay, cool. And we're both smart because we drink beer. Like, I drank so much last night that I know I'm top of my game right now. It's obvious. Top of my game. Yeah. I mean, I cleared out some really slow brain cells last night. My, you did. My you thinned that hurt. brain is lion right now absolutely <laughs> but uh so but anyway uh, that no that was good that's a good piece that's good i like that i like that whole theory it makes sense but uh, for me you know uh, other than norman cliff and and cheers which i think i would be woody 
but nonetheless, um, Proverbs 117 is from the Amplified Version says, The reverent fear of the Lord that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome is the beginning of the preeminent part of knowledge, its starting point and its essence. But arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. Another interpretation says the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when it says fear, it's not like, oh, God hates me. I'm, you know, not, you know, not like, like a Michael Myers kind of a fear. Mm -hmm. It's, it is, it's reverence. It's respect. It's the acknowledging that he is who he claims to be in that all knowledge and all wisdom and power come from him. So if we can understand the origin point, it's easy to backtrace everything else. I love that what you said in, in regards to Norma Cliff. And, you know, we have a lot of other, you know, scriptures. Another one, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. James 1, 5. You know, there's a lot of other, we'll probably come back and, and address. But the thing of this episode that, you know, where we got the title from, Wisdom Lingers, and hopefully you can read this, Jason. It's from Calvin Coolidge, who was our 30th president, 15 presidents ago. This man said this, and we are now talking about it. 15. 15. Well, Donnie T is 45. 15. That's just crazy. Okay. Calvin Coolidge, 30th U.S. President. Knowledge comes, but wisdom lingers. It may not be difficult to store up in the mind a vast quantity of facts within a comparatively short time, but the ability to form judgments requires the severe discipline of hard work and the tempering heat of experience and maturity. I like how he worded that, the tempering heat, because I always think about when we're in high school and, and during metal shop, working with different metals and, and things of that nature. And I remember I, I made a bunch of tools, like the first year I took it. And I, I made a, a screwdriver, like a flathead, just heating that up and pounding it and learning how to do that. And there's likened that to our experiences as humans, like being have the crap pounded out of us to be able to be formed and effective and useful. And in many ways, wisdom is like that. But, you know, also the, the thing that's so powerful and the thing that stays with me is the fact that knowledge comes, but wisdom lingers. So, wisdom so is knowledge. Well, I mean, you can look at knowledge as facts. So I would quantify it as this. Knowledge is just being able to recall facts or stats or in information. It's almost like knowing of things. Exactly. Wisdom, I would say, is maybe knowing things. I think it transcends knowledge. Because, once again, one of the things I talk about in my book is the difference between knowledge and information and logic. And while all those are components of wisdom, they in and of themselves are not wisdom. Because wisdom is something that isn't necessarily digested by study. It not, isn't necessarily something that is acquired through the art of dedicating yourself to memorize books or, or, or memorize words or memorize numbers. It is something only can be attained, once again, from understanding the beginning point that wisdom does come from God, but also through the experiences in I life. I think that's the key. Yes, through the experiences. Yes. Well, you know what's interesting as, as we're talking about this, and I'm trying to, I like to really relate things. You know, I think about my kids, and they think about me when I was young, and um, they have some knowledge, so they think. Dinner time. I'm, I, don't, I don't like that, because... Someone else doesn't like it. Maybe their friend or they saw it on TV that it's disgusting. Or they just heard vegetables are gross. That Brussels sprouts are disgusting. Right? So they don't try them. And then we have a dinner and I'm like, all right, guys, look, this is the deal I made with them is you just got to try it. That's all I ask. Because if they, if they try it every time, they're going to start realizing that this isn't as bad as whatever. Right? But they find that they like it. They thought they had knowledge of something 
but until they experienced it for themselves, they didn't really know. They didn't have right. they didn't have wisdom. <laughs> you know, so knowledge doesn't even always have to be something that is a fact when so, you think about it. Sure, no, so... It could be misknowledge. Part of being a sheeple, that's the problem. Right, it could be disinformation, it could be genuine information. And I like how the, the next quote we have here... Uh, so this is Confucius. By three methods, we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is noblest. Second, by imitation, which is easiest. And third, by experience, which is the bitterest. Exactly, and I think that's exactly what you're talking about. It is. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, you know, well, Confucius was a wise guy. He said, man with empty pockets feels foolish, but man with holes in his pockets feels nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. No, but that's really good. Um, right. And think about it. They say imitation is the easiest. Again, I was just talking about my kids. What do young people do? They imitate their older siblings. They imitate their parents. They imitate their friends. They imitate people on TV. Everyone's a role model, right? They That's how they become who they are by you know, watching other people. And it's easiest. That's why they do it. But as they grow, hopefully they learn right. to reflect. And you reflect by looking back at your experiences, right? And it's history. That's what it is. So they reflect upon the history and say, okay, this was good or this isn't good or I should continue this or I shouldn't do this anymore. Like we all look back and say, hopefully we do. We can all look back and say, I changed my view on this because of this reason. And the reason is that I was young, usually. I was inexperienced and I just went with something without actually having maybe a full knowledge that I needed right I kind of went with my heart instead of you know my brain and and really understanding it I mean when we, we talk about this wisdom it, it's just it touches everything in our in our life and everything in our world it's not just about us being wise as individuals but us being wise as a country us being wise spiritually yeah. There's so many things I tie it to, Bill. Well, no, and, so that's, important. and that's where, you know, I was having this conversation with my aunt. You know, the one thing that we were talking about is, you know, she was the question kind of came up, but why are people so attracted to socialism in America now? Or, you know, or communism essentially is what it is. Right. Uh, we've had an episode, we talk about that. But, you know, what I think it is, is like her generation, and our, you and our, our generation, we grew up under the idea, or seeing the ideology of social, or I'm sorry, communism put into practice by the the USSR, mm -hmm. uh, the Soviet Union, you know, at the time, you know, through the, the Cold War, uh, you know, like growing up watching films, you know, like Red Dawn, for example, what is, with Saint Swayze. What does USSR stand for? United Soviet Socialist Socialist Republic. Republic. Yeah, thank you. Yes. And are they around anymore? No, they're not. They they fall. But we have now like two generations. They have not the experience or the wisdom to have lived under that shadow, that looming threat of that regime, of that evil. You know, communism killed more people the last century than any other disease, any other war, you know, period. But we have generations that think, oh, it's just a bunch of free crap. Yeah, it comes from nowhere. It literally right. grows on trees. Right. And wisdom would want to say, okay, I don't fully understand this. It doesn't make sense. In my own life, I cannot produce anything free for example there's a couple new records i want i can't just go to a record store and pick them off the shelf and then leave without an exchange so my exchange how i receive my money is i work my keister off my work gives me my paycheck then i take that paycheck and cash it well you know, people don't cash paychecks anymore but you know it goes into my sure. account and then i go to the record store the idea of getting something for nothing is you know what's being push but that that isn't reality and based on that idea of wisdom so if we look at that looming threat you know that iron curtain as it used to be called 
we can now look at a more modern time as like Venezuela. Venezuela, just just twenty some years ago in the nineties, they were one of the most prosperous nations in the world. But now they're literally eating their pets and. You know, it's horrible. So wisdom would say we need learning from these people, learning from other people's mistakes. And Well, again, this is why I speak about the Constitution all the time. The Constitution wasn't written by folks saying, hmm, if something like this ever happened, we should probably have something there for it. No, their wisdom, their experiences right. of that happening in their lifetime, them seeing it happen, them being involved in it happen, is the reason that they put the amendments that they put. It's the reason that they wrote the Bill of Rights. It wasn't an accident. It was based off of their experiences of being disarmed and not being able to protect themselves against a tyrannical government. Here in the story, it, but it was from wisdom. It was from experience. Not, not just, uh, well, maybe in the future they'll need this. And, and we keep, you know, it's terrible they've torn down all these um statues and they're trying to erase part of our history of our country you can't erase the dark times you learn from the dark times. you know we can't erase the holocaust for instance it can't be erased but we need to learn from that well wisdom teaches us to look on those dark times so you know in effect what you talk about you know in the south you know tearing down statues of robert e lee or you know andrew davis or these these people there is no wisdom in that, right? For example, going back to what Calvich Coolidge says, knowledge comes. If I had to go back to college and retake all those classes or retake all those tests and everything, I would fail miserably because that knowledge came and left. Wisdom lingers. Wisdom accompanies you. Wisdom walks with you through those dark times that can help shed a light. And that is what I think, you know, Confucius is talking about. That's what I think, you know, Calvin Coolidge is, is talking about. And, and certainly that's, you know, what we learn through the, the studying of the scriptures. Wisdom is to be valued. It talks in the book of Proverbs, it says, get wisdom, get knowledge above all things. Because that is something intangible. You can lose everything. And if you have wisdom, you know how to rebuild. You know, you're saying all this and it makes me think of, okay, so how come some people get wisdom? They obtain wisdom on a regular basis, right? They absorb experiences in other people, but, but other people don't. They push against it. I guess what I'm getting at is it seems like the biggest enemy of wisdom, in my experience, is pride. That's one of them, absolutely. Right. Or, I think there's a lot of people that are so prideful. Or the avoidance of pain. Or, or the avoidance of pain is, is a good one as well. Uh, the pride one jumps out to me because I feel like, again, that comes to the kid one. And I, that's, part, that's my life right now. Um, they so want to know everything. They so want to have all the answers because they don't want to feel stupid, right? That's a pride thing. That they, oh, I know, I know, well, I know, and the, and, I know. And the, the, the flip side of that coin is that now with their devices, they can literally pull up whatever and they can obtain that knowledge. So one thing with us, maybe one of the reasons that things stick, maybe with our generation, if I can say this, is because if we needed to know something, we had to walk our ass to the library. Or, or to one of your friend's house whose parents dished out for the Encyclopedia Britannica series. Yeah, exactly. Because there's always a friend of yours that had the whole encyclopedia we, set. Yeah, we had them. We, you know, we, we did. We had them. And, yep. I used all and you would have to look them up. Yes. You'd have to look stuff up and, and read it. Exactly. And if you're lucky, there are some pictures in there. Exactly. So, but, you know, same thing with that, though. Well, when, not you, like when you go back to our childhood, if you will, that time frame, and, and we tie tying this to, like, that whole socialist communism piece, also a major problem with the whole free thing is this. No one carries cash. No one writes checks. No one has a real sense of what currency is. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I mean, I, I remember working. I started working when I was 12, and I saved every paycheck. And when I was 16, I bought my first car. I mean, it was like a couple thousand dollars, but again, that was 30 years ago. So a couple thousand dollars was quite a bit of money 30 years ago. I mean, I was making $4 an hour to give you an idea. 
That was minimum wage, four, and then I went to four and a quarter, watch out. I knew what it meant to spend money. I, I knew what that meant. I knew what I really learned is I knew what it took to get something. If I wanted something, I realized I just got to go work for it. That's it. Like, I don't care about having money in the bank. I never have. But when I want something, if I want to give something to someone or I want to get something for me or anything like that, all I have to do is go work. With how everything is done, all transactions are done electronically now, I, I just don't think they've had that experience. No, well, and, and I think that's part of the problem. So once again, that whole knowledge, uh, or I'm sorry, that knowledge comes, it's disposable, it's temporal, it isn't in of itself meant to last. Wisdom is an actual transaction where some event occurred. Or some, you were well, witness feelings, or you were party of and something. I think feelings go to that, right? There's well, some sort to. of feeling that ties to it. I think that's what makes it wisdom. Like, even well, if sure. it's not you. So, again, I'll just tie into business. For me, I've seen business owners that I haven't necessarily been the ones working with make a bad decision that costs them a lot. It may cost them money, but it, it, it costs them anguish. It costs them hard times which could create issues inside their family. Like I, when you're in business, you see it all. It's not just business. People, small business owners, you know, they invest their entire savings usually to, to get into their business. So it's a very powerful thing. And I've seen it. And so even though I didn't, I wasn't the one who made that mistake. I saw firsthand and it gave me a feeling of, wow, man, I don't want that to ever happen to anybody that I work with. I want to make sure that I can help them not hit that pothole. And one of the quotes I have here is, to learn from your own mistakes is wisdom. To learn from other people's mistakes is genius. Right? Yeah. But you cannot obtain the ability to view a scenario being played out in front of you until you at least have accumulated some kind of wisdom. Until you have at least gone through something. In talking about like wisdom, there is a price to be paid. There is a an exchange, right? So wisdom is an intangible thing. You can't necessarily put a hand on it. But when you learn something, you obtain a piece of wisdom. But once you've obtained that, it's yours. However, there often is something that you have to exchange for that. Whether it is pain, whether it's sure. the loss of innocence, whether it's losing a loved one, whether it's losing a business, whether it's having a house foreclosed, whatever that may be. Maybe it's something good. Well, you did something that made you feel great and you're like, oh, I should like, like giving for instance. Oh, I should do that more often. Sure. <laughs> Saying hello. We said hello to that lady in the parking lot today. We just went to breakfast, right? Yes. And we said hello. And we just had a real quick conversation yeah. just walked by. That made me feel really good. I bet it made her feel really good too. And I know it's just a small thing, but we felt that. It makes you say, huh, I should do that more often. Again, that, but there's a feeling that goes with it. Sure. When you learn, when learning something, and again, this is where even going back to the history of, of our country, if that feeling that you have with the past is anger, that's okay. But that's the wisdom you need. If we do this again, it's going to create this. Everyone's angry because this happened. This was a bad thing. That doesn't mean you wash it away. You're right. But I would also caution that one of the scriptures we have here, uh, James 3.17, read that. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. The peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Just as we are talking about obtaining wisdom that is, first of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, wisdom comes with these benefits. There is a flip side to that. So you're talking about arrogance, you're talking about pride earlier. There is the idea of ignorance 
in that. And that's something that we need to be leery of. Some of the smartest people I know are some of the dumbest. They have no wisdom. They have no... They have no experience. They have no acuity to the world. Thing I that think ignorance comes from lack of experience. Well, sure. Absolutely. But, you know, and that comes from many places, but they look at themselves as wise in their own eyes, but yet they are not. That's not one of those things where I'm trying to pull the speck out of someone's eye and neglecting the, the plank as it were, mine. What I'm saying is that we have to be very careful about these kind of things because wisdom is precious. It is a commodity. Ignorance, if you will, I, I can't, I'm trying to think of a better word than that, but you know, it reminds me of, uh, we were talking about Boston this morning. So as you're talking about this, it reminds me of that scene in Goodwill Hunting mm -hmm. when they're at the, ha the yes. Harvard bar, right? And it, that it was wicked good, <laughs> right? And remember, remember the uh, Michael Bolton lookalike who yeah. was just spouting all this stuff out mm -hmm. and then just tried to tear apart Ben Affleck yeah. because again, all he had was a bunch of knowledge and no experience at all. You know, and it's funny that one part when uh, Will, Matt Damon, he goes through his whole thing and goes, later on in life, you're going to realize two things. One, don't do that. And that's right. what he's saying right there. You're going right. to be wise later in your life and you're going to realize what an asshole you're being, like how dumb you're being, right. how ignorant. Right. And, and arrogant then, you're being. Right. And then Don't two, that. two, you paid $150,000 for, for what? An education you could have got for six cents and late fees at the local library. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And my God. Again, because he's talking about knowledge. Like, come on, man. Knowledge? Psh, right. That's not impressive. Well, but impressive so what, is experience. Yes, but there's also, once again, so there's degrees. There's the Ben Affleck, then there's Michael Bolton, and then there's the Will Hunting. And my God, Mini Driver. Then there's Mini Driver. Then there's Mini Driver. How you like them apples? How you like them <laughs> apples? I got her number, baby. That's right. But so, but I, that's I, what it reminded me of. Exactly. Uh, because that's what that's what you're talking about. That person, even the professor in that who went to school with uh, with our boy, man. Gosh. Robin Williams. That right there is such a great example. You know, the professor thought he had everything figured out. But here is a man who was perceived to be without blemish, without flaws. Right. Yet, you even look at Robin Williams in comparison, the juxtaposition, like the, the professor was very, very handsome, very well-dressed, and then Robin Williams looked like... Well, and the he looked like was, a damn hobo. But, but if you... Robin Williams also had been broken. Yeah, he had life experience, real exactly. life experience. Like when he's talking about that picture, when he and he and Will are sitting, your move sport, like that. Right. He was imparting into Will wisdom. Right. Well, and he told about how he, uh, of course, is a big part of the movie. When he told about how he didn't go to that baseball game, yeah. um, he passed his tickets across the table and said, "I got to see about I a girl." See about a girl. Right. Yeah. And again, he was imparting wisdom, experience. Like yeah. this is experience, and and because I did that, and this is in the movie, he said basically said, "Will Hunting's like you missed the game. What are you crazy?" He's like, yeah. "Man." But this is what I gained. And he talked about his life with his wife. Yeah. This is what I gained by passing those tickets. The experience that I got, I would pass those. My experience is telling me that I wouldn't, I would pass that game up 100 times, 250 times on Sunday. That was the experience he gained. He was trying to share that right. with Will. Like, actual experience, not just knowledge. Because Will had a lot of knowledge. Because exactly. he read a lot of books. And, and that was a whole big part of the movie was Robin Williams saying, listen to sport. Unless you try something, unless you let someone in, unless you unless you open up, put that pride away or the fear of being hurt away until you open up and say, I need to experience things. I want to experience things. I want to learn that way. You're just going to have knowledge. It's And that doesn't, that creates a lot of ignorance and arrogance. And that's the, once again, the juxtaposition between the professor and Robin Williams. Right. Right. Robin Williams was a broken, flawed man. He lived that life. It was a secret anguish. I don't want to say that there is that predominantly anguishing, foreboding mindset that you walk in, but 
wisdom will cost. That just is where it's at. That is any, you know, anything good. And this is whether it's spiritual things. This is whether it's physical things, emotional things. Quality costs. You know, there. I have a, a friend of mine. He and I were. His name's Paul, who helps us with our website. He and I were having a conversation one day, and you know, we're we're just sitting there, and he goes, you know, anybody can go in the backyard and dig up dirt, but it's really, really difficult to go back there and find gold. Yeah, and that that is what essentially we're talking about. And <laughs> yes, exactly. I went, I, it's funny you say it because when I was growing up. In the Pines development, we just moved there as a brand new development. Yeah. So all these houses were being built. So yeah. there was big piles of dirt from where they're digging basements. <laughs> and I went in search of valuable stones many a time. I didn't have any experience. I didn't know that they wouldn't be in that dirt. Right. It's or just funny that you just said that because that's yeah. what it just made me think of. Well, no. So, so once again, it's... It, I had the knowledge that that's where gold comes from. Right. The so, ground, but I had no knowledge that it doesn't come from Ohio for the most part. I remember that that time having that conversation, he was going through a rather dark point in his life. What he was saying is his reflection of gaining wisdom and sharing that with me. And that's something that, uh, Paul, if you're listening, I love you, man. Thank you for all your help. But that stuck with me. So thank you for that nugget. And, it's awesome. Uh, but that's, that's what we're talking about. It's easy to find dirt. And that's just like if you're throwing shade on somebody or whatever. Yeah, it's easy to find. It's you can. It's easy to find a lot of dirt on me. Well, this you know this ties right back to getting in the arena. It, goes, it ties right back to Theodore Roosevelt when he's saying about the people that that have the knowledge, be it information or misinformation, that are out that are in the you know the standing the bystanders who are, are throwing shade at you compared to the person it, in the arena right. paying that price. Right, it, paying it, that it, price. It is not the critic. That counts. It's not the critic that matters. And and my biggest thing And this ties to everything when you start thinking about it. No, you know, and and my biggest thing is we don't ever want to present anything that, like, we have achieved anything. I can say that. Knowing you, I feel like I can speak on your behalf as well. You know, we're still learning these things. And, you know, we we had breakfast this morning. We ran into your uncle. And I don't know if you heard me say this. I said, man, I hope that's us in 20, 30 years. You know, still, you know, fart knocking around and, right. and, and, you know, eating breakfast at some greasy spoon. But in those moments, now that we spend time together, there's that wisdom has transcended from us being children to us now being men. Sure, but, no, absolutely. Um, you know, but the one thing is, is that we've not separately not lived sterile lives. Meaning that you can't achieve anything in life without some kind of work. And that in uh, of itself is you know, wisdom. And I think, I think it's so important to understand if you can, if you, and not, I'm not trying to speak down to anybody because I'm still trying to learn this. I'm still trying to figure things out. You know, wisdom is comprised of a lot of things. Wisdom is comprised of knowledge, right? It is comprised of facts. It is comprised of logic. It is comprised of information. However, and once again, this is in my book. I have a whole chapter, so I'm not plagiarizing anyone but myself. You know, in my book, I break down how what knowledge is, what information is, what logic is, how each of those components in and of themselves are part of wisdom, but they then of themselves are not wisdom because you cannot have those single things function in that capacity because they're all in and of themselves dispensable while wisdom is something that you're always going to take with you one of the great things about wisdom is that you can't leave it because you it shows up as scars on your body it shows up as bounce checks it, you know it shows up on a bad credit score those are things that we put ourselves through 
because we don't have the wisdom at the time. But once we gain that wisdom, we say, okay, you know what? I can't not pay my credit card bill or I can't not do this or do that. Well, I even want to take that to another level. I actually read an article in a Harvard Business Review and they talk about the gut feeling and they talk about there's actual, and and I'm just really simplifying this article. It's been proven on some levels that the gut feeling is actually your subconscious telling you what to do or what not to do based on experience. So it's your subconscious. You're not consciously thinking it, but you got this gut. You're like, "Mm," and you're not quite sure where it's coming from. It's your subconscious saying yay or nay based on experience that you have. So it's almost like wisdom and experience in some levels is sort of like breathing. You just do it. When you go to sleep, you still breathe. It's just a part of who you are. You said you can't leave it behind. Right. Um, It's there. Well, the idea of going with your gut or your intuition, you know, the science behind it is right. It's your subconscious, but it's also a a mixture of the spiritual man, the fact that our mind is capable to not... not only connect with God in that regard, but also the fact that, you know, our brain is the most high-tech supercomputer of all things. And we're, we are literally able to download something that happened to us 10, 15 years ago that we may totally have not thought about in 10 or 15 years. But at that moment, we can, you know, like that, recall it. And that's where that, you know, that intuition comes and that you're right. That is all a part of the whole process of utilizing wisdom. For example, like buying little one ounce bars of silver. If you can buy one ounce bars of silver and keep them for years and years and years, eventually they're going to be hopefully worth way more than what you paid for it, right? Wisdom is that same thing. It's an investment. You're collecting on investments that you had made previously that moving forward in your life, you're able to use. That's a great way to put it. How do you gain wisdom, Bill? And I don't mean how do you gain, we just talked about how you get wisdom through experience, but if you're out there and uh, you want to, Gain experience. How do you do that? How do you prepare yourself to put yourself in the best position possible to gain wisdom? Well, I'll, I'll tell you anything I have ever learned, any wisdom I've ever obtained that has stuck with me, I've, I've learned it the hard way. I've learned it by getting in the arena and taking lumps. Not, I've learned it in those moments of defeat. I've learned it in those moments like, you know, we talk about, you know, St. Stallone, life's a mean hard place and it'll beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Wisdom is found in the shards that besiege us while we are on the floor trying to get up. That's where wisdom is most accurately, for me, most accurately viewed and seen and tasted and digested and swallowed and then it's allowed to permeate through my body and and begin to digest the process to begin to help get me to stand up and get me to move forward. And it's, it's, I, I personally, I, you know, once again, you can study, you can have knowledge. I can recall history about this and that, but when it comes to like on a personal level on knowing instinctively, like you were talking about the subconsciously right from wrong, is this a good thing to do? Looking at other people and giving them for advice the best I can. It comes from those moments where you get in the arena and you've had your ass handed to you, to me, I've had, you know, my butt handed to me and I've, I've learned the hard way. And that's why I said earlier, like, sometimes it's about avoiding, people want to avoid pain. And I don't know that there's any other way. In that quote from Confucius, you know, the third is by experience, which is the bitterest. And that to me is what that means. Well, and so I agree with you, but it doesn't always have to be horrible. Oh, no, no. and, And what I mean by that is this. So a big part of my job, what I do in my career is I work with emerging franchise brands. So some founder, some business has some widget, be it a service or whatever, retail product, whatever. And um, they've been very successful 
in their area of the country where they're at growing this business to what it is. And we want to franchise that and sell it to other people and help other people be successful doing it. Big part of what I need to do is go in there with that founder and find out exactly what his formula is and how he did it. But then I have to take that and create it in systems that will work for anybody, even people that don't have the same background as him or knowledge that he has, that sort of thing. So I, we have to put these systems in place. And, as we, and there's a lot of them. And as we put these systems in place and these training programs and all this stuff, I know, and this from experience, that it's almost impossible to create the, per well, first of all, you never have the perfect training program, but I can't have the highest level system, highest level program in place right out of the gate. So I do my best, but don't over worry about it, knowing that as people start going through the process, we are going to look at it, that piece of the process and say, okay, so we could do this better, we could change this, we can move this around. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that person is going to fail, but we realize that there are some holes in the system or process that we put in place, and we're going to continue filling those holes and changing and tweaking to continue making it better. But I, I know that I'm not going to get it right the first time. I know that. And, and it reminds me actually of this movie, Groundhog's Day. Right. Right. Yeah. And he knows it's going to happen. He right. knows yeah. that, right, Groundhog's Day, he wakes up and he knows that he's yeah. going to wake up there again the next day. Sure. And spiritually, you can, uh, what I, but when, when I go look in, is I'm like going go around the mountain again and again. Yeah, and, again. and when you know it going into it, and you should know this going into it, yeah. that, you know, when you go into something and say, I'm going to do it perfect right out of the gate, man, that's some pretty high expectation. When you go into saying, I'm going to do the best that I can do, and I'm going to learn from all my experiences, and I'm going to continue getting better. And that's I, how you gain experience. To tie in with that, it, it's also the people that you choose to have around you. Absolutely. You know, once again, so the Bible says bad company corrupts good character. I'm not trying to be a certain way, but it reminds me a couple of weeks ago, you and I went to the range. Yes. And you, you're shooting your gun for the first time, and you had brand new magazines, and we were loading them. And we kept misfiring, misfiring, misfiring. And, you know, another magazine. I wasn't irritated at all. He, he was madder than a Baptist in a brothel, let me tell you. <laughs> and I, he, th he took the magazine, and I thought he was going to hurl it down the... <laughs> but I said, hey, man, let me see that. And he goes, why? I'm like, just trust me, can I see it? Right? So I, I empty everything out, and I put three rounds in. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. And the look on his face, like, what did you do? I'm like, I didn't do anything. This is what happened. And my experience had told me the first time I had bought new clips for a, a gun I used to have. I don't loan any guns anymore because they're evil. Um, so that, that my experience taught me that whenever you have a new clip, sometimes it's the spring is not broken in yet. So sometimes there's too much pressure and it will just keep pushing things up harder than you need to. So you have to gradually break it in. So what I'm saying is like what I understand that you just said in regards to the business is that having people around you are, is also another aspect of, of obtaining wisdom. So, so far, and this is, I think this is really good to have the practical. So it's the life experiences, you know, the beat downs or the good things that we learn. It's also having the right people around you that I think you can be comfortable with, or maybe not even comfortable with, but, you know, it's always better if you're comfortable feeling in front of. You know, learning, being vulnerable enough to learn to say, yeah, I didn't, I had no idea. That You know what, you just hit on the head, being vulnerable or open enough to learn from something. And, you know, when we do feedback in, in my world, four pieces of feedback, two things that you did well, and two things that you can improve upon. No matter what you do, look at it. Pro athlete, let's say, Tom Brady, everyone knows Tom Brady, quarterback, New England Patriots. And I don't like the New England Patriots because I'm obviously a Browns fan, but, but you got to respect the winning that they've done. Yes. So so Tom Brady is probably, I don't know if this is fact, but probably the winningest quarterback. I definitely 
Super Bowls and playoffs. The dude's just unbelievable record-wise and everything. But I guarantee you, even in wins, he goes back and says, okay, what can I get better at? But you don't just learn from what you get better at, and you don't just learn from every time you lose. You also learn from when you do something well. Don't get arrogant or cocky and just be like, I'm just that good. When you succeed or win or whatever it may be, what are two things that you did really well to help you succeed? And what are two things that you can do better? I've heard that called a rose and a thorn. There you go. You know, like, what's the rose? What's the great thing? Okay, and what's the thorn? Right, is it is it a rose bush with thorns or is it a thorn bush with roses? Well, as we learned through the wisdom of Mr. Brent Michaels and his band Poison from their 1987 Every rose mon- has monster hit. Every rose does have a Except thorn. I do believe they bred a thornless rose now. Well, they're done. Well, of course. It's just like <laughs> everything else. I'm sure they're socialists. I'm, well, anyway. <laughs> Once again, one of the things that makes a rose so beautiful is the, the, the danger, the thorn. But you, just like anything else, first time you see a rose, maybe you grab it and ouch and you learn that you can still have the beautiful rose you just got to know not to touch the thorns one of the things i'm saying here is it's important to be open or as you said bill vulnerable enough to learn and you've got to want to learn every time you go and do something every episode that we have we try to learn it's all skill specific there's a lot of different skills that we utilize throughout an hour let alone a whole day do you know skill of driving the skill of talking on the phone the skill of emailing and texting those are all skills and you can learn from everything you do you can learn from yourself and you can learn from other people to become a better person to become a more efficient person in in whatever areas it is you want to but you got to be open and vulnerable enough to say that first of all you're not perfect listen i'm sorry i'm really really sorry if you think you're perfect i'm sorry to do this you're not i apologize i i hope that you know get a therapist if you need but you're not perfect. You're flawed. I'm flawed. Bill's flawed. We're all flawed. That's why Jesus died on the cross for us, because we're imperfect. And that's okay. It's okay not to be perfect, but you should be working not to be perfect, but to be better at everything that you do in life. I work to be a better parent. You hear me talk about my family all the time. I work hard to be a better parent, and I'm so far from a great parent. It's not funny. I'm a good parent. I I believe I'm a good parent. I'm not down on myself by being a parent, but I'm far from the perfect parent. I have many flaws. I make many mistakes on a daily basis. I'm sure my kids can name them all. Hmm. (laughs) Um, um, I try really hard to be the best partner I can to my wife, but I make mistakes. I try to do the best at everything I do. I really try to do the best that I can do. And everything that I do, I make mistakes and I am flawed in. I'm not depressed about that. I'm not upset about that. I embrace that, knowing that. It doesn't mean I don't have times where I'm like, I even surprise myself like, dang, I crushed it today. (laughs) I crushed it today. Like, that's okay. I'm not saying not to have wins. We have wins. And we'll have more wins if we continue to look and say, how can I move these levers to be better? You know, for me, some of those things are, how can I give more? How can I help other people more? It's one of the reasons we decided to do this podcast. We met every Thursday and Sunday for months and months, figuring out, right, Bill, what we were going to do to impact other people. Because we wanted to do something to start impacting people. We thought about starting a church and all this other stuff. um, And it all came down to this podcast right now. It was something we could do right now. Didn't cost us a lot of money, just our time, things like that. But it was one of the things we wanted to get better at. So yeah. we had to look at how to do it. And we made lots of mistakes. We won't even tell you about them all. No, we but won't. We, we made a lot of mistakes and we continue making mistakes and it's okay. Yeah. We get better at this every single episode we do. I swear, I look at you and go, man, that's our best episode yet. Yeah. I just feel better about it and we learn from it. Yeah. And, and I don't say that's, that's perfect. We no. can't do any better. That's the best episode ever. Drop the mic. Walk away. That's it. We're done. 
No, we can always get better. And it's in everything that we do, right. in everything that we do. Don't get so big headed that you're afraid to be vulnerable, if you will, yeah. that you're not willing to learn. And I think that's a major problem for, especially for younger folks. And I'm not picking on you. I was there. That was me. But as you get a little bit older, you get humbled a little bit about well, you what's really out there. You start to obtain wisdom. And that humbles you. Yeah. Because you realize that you are so imperfect, it's not even funny, right. but yet that's okay. And I like that. The man who views the world at 50, the same as he did at 20, has wasted 30 years of his life. Just to end on the scripture, Luke 3, 30... Five from the Amplified, yet wisdom is vindicated and shown to be right by all her children, by lifestyle, moral character, and good deeds of her followers. Those things are the tools, if you will, to begin to obtain wisdom. But the wonderful thing is, is once you get to a certain point, if you're coming through a season, a difficult season of your life, if you're just in life general, you can get to a place where you're like, oh, okay see what's going on here and then you can be like okay i have some hindsight i have some going to use some of that to maybe have some foresight good decision exactly that's exactly it last quote i want to read socrates 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 the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing again that's the vulnerability that's what he's saying be vulnerable to know that you're not the smartest one in the room don't worry about being the smartest person in the room. The smartest person in the room is the person who puts smarter people around them well, what, in what they do, in, in right. people that are wise around them. Well, what's the saying? It's better to, it's better to keep your mouth closed and let people think you are wise than to open it and to prove them wrong. Right? Oh, that's a great one. You know, in regards to what Socrates said, and how I would modernize that is the older I get, the more I realize I don't know anything. I, I would say, I guess, that humility aspect is also key. So I would say that's probably the fifth ingredient. So God, experience, the company you keep, being open and vulnerable, and then being humble. I think those are five really good keys in order to be able to begin to obtain wisdom. And so I don't want you to just disqualify yourself because I haven't really gone through that much stuff. It doesn't matter how much stuff you've gone through. It matters the wisdom you've taken from those experiences and how you can apply in your life and share with others. I love it. I think this is a great episode. I think there's a lot, hopefully, that can be taken away by folks. Honestly, I think it's really talking about getting in the arena. I mean, this is real-life stuff. This is how we help ourselves individually, and this is how we help ourselves as a nation. This is how we help ourselves spiritually. And this is also how we help ourselves to fight tyranny. The wiser you can become, the more you cannot give in to the ruse of wickedness, if you will. Not, Not be tricked to not be fooled, because wisdom helps you navigate. I guess with that being said, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, make sure that you follow us, subscribe. We are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, make sure you, you follow, you subscribe, show us some love, put some five-star comments. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Parlor, Gab. Hit us up. Make sure you follow us, subscribe there. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, check out our website, flawedinc.com. Go to the contact page. There's a form. Just send us a message. Definitely respond. Email us, info at flawedinc.com. Uh, of course, our old email address, flawedinccle at gmail.com. We can still answer. But, you know, we appreciate the love, appreciate the feedback. And, and don't forget about our hotline, 8675309. You, yeah, you can get us there as well. Exactly. So uh, tell them Jenny sent you. But uh, at that... <laughs> At any rate, uh, once again, love you guys. Thank you. If you want to get involved, once again, we got blog. Want looking for contributors? You want to look to be a guest? If you have any ideas for shows, any questions, comments like that, fraudinc.com. With that, thank you, thank you guys, thank yes. you, thank you, thank you. Seriously, enough. Seriously, stop. Thank you.
All right, good deal. All right, out.